Frank, and this is Blatant Frankism, a podcast dedicated to helping arm the community with more of the information necessary to move us forward in a world that seems to be trying its hardest to drag us back to some of the darkest times in our history. The mission of Blatant Frankism is to introduce more voices, perspectives, and experiences into the community dialogue by talking to people that represent various generations, genres, and walks of life. The vision is that each weekly conversation will provide listeners with new information that's relevant to their lives and that inspires them to act on those issues they see affecting their communities. Who knows? One day it could be you, your issue, and our conversation. Let's try to make sense of the world together. Let's provide each other with resources we all need to make it. Let's script our own narrative and stop letting those who don't truly represent us do it. Let's take action. Together. As an educator, I can't do this without an objective in mind. So our objective, no, our SMART goal for this and every week is that by the end of today's show, we will all learn something about ourselves and the world as we each see both and take an action step on a personal or collective level that reflects this learning. Let's warm up. Question. Did you know that? According to critical information presented in the National Health Law Program's Executive Summary, written by Amy Chen and Dara Patel, pregnancy-related deaths are on the rise in the U.S. In addition to that, black women are three to four times more likely than non-Hispanic white women to die while pregnant or within a year of childbirth. Yeah, three to four times. So if 1,000 non-Hispanic white women die, three to 4,000 black women die. What in the absolute fuck is that? I mean, I know there are millions of us. <laughs> millions. But doesn't this seem like a public health issue that needs address? Shouldn't we be hearing about this more? At all? Why isn't this placed in the rotation of daily news coverage? As much as they repeat the same fucking stories over and over again, why not slip one in about another aspect of the decimation of black families that happens in this country? An aspect that can be dealt with if we are truly to be who we say we are. Patel and Chen go on to state, and I quote, some advocates are now pushing to help improve maternal health outcomes by expanding access to doula care. Doulas are birth companions trained to provide emotional and other non-medical support to women before, during, and after childbirth. Research has correlated doula care with higher breastfeeding initiation rates, fewer cesarean sections, and fewer low birth weight babies. Doulas have also demonstrated the ability to reduce the harmful effects of racism by providing culturally appropriate patient-centered care. Now, to address this, many state and federal legislators are introducing bills that include doulas and doula care in health coverage. In fact, in December of last year, Senate Majority Leader Loretta Weinberg and Senator Nia Gill introduced the Weinberg-Gill Bill, legislation that would promote the use of doulas for assisting in childbirth, which gained the approval of the Senate committee. Now, I've known what a doula is for some time, but admittedly, I never knew the true impact of their work, especially within the black community. I know good people that do good things for the good of the community. One such person is my friend, Latoya Archibald. Latoya serves as a doula and birth justice advocate. She's committed to eliminating the maternal mortality rates for black women in Washington, D.C. through providing emotional support, physical comfort measures, an objective viewpoint, and evidence-based information while nurturing and protecting women's memories of their birth experiences. She moved to Washington, D.C. in 2003 to attend Howard University, 
and has spent the last 11 years working in educational equity, environmental justice, and development. Here's my interview with Latoya Archibald. Can you start by introducing yourself, please? Hi, everyone. My name is Latoya Archibald. I live in Washington, D.C., and I've been here for 16 years. Uh, I attended Howard University, um, and I have a background in biology, specifically plant ecology. Um, I now work as a birth and postpartum doula in Washington, D.C. And can you please explain what a doula is for our listeners? So the Greek word doula actually means um, a woman caregiver. And um, so now we use the word to describe um, a trained and experienced labor companion who provides the women um, and her husband or birthing partner um, or partner uh, with continuous emotional support, uh, physical comfort and assistance, um, and educational support um, before, during, um, and after birth. Um, and so um, a postpartum doula provides care to a family um, with a newborn, and a birth doula um, provides support on the uh, prenatal side and actually during the labor and delivery side. Okay. Um, and why did you become uh, a doula? What what brought you to that um, that endeavor? So I became a doula because, it was actually kind of like a, a very roundabout story, but I went to the Marshall Washington Film Festival um, last, last March, March 2018, so it has not been that long, actually, but I've been doing this work. And um, so the festival and NYU and Planned Parenthood were sponsoring a documentary called Death by Delivery. And it basically was documenting the staggering rate of maternal mortality for black women across the country. And then there was also the opportunity to hone in on the maternal mortality rate in Washington, D.C. So D.C. has the highest maternal mortality rate in the country. Wow. Yeah, for black women specifically. Oh, wow. And I was absolutely rocked by that. And, you know, the person who's lived here um, for 15 years and was still here, who has a lot of friends um, who have babies and uh, who are black specifically, um, I didn't know that this sort of stuff was happening in this city, the place that I love. Um, and, and so I really wanted more sort of like information on just like ways that. I could sort of like get involved in like mitigating this problem. And so I should have also said I consider myself a, a birth justice advocate also in terms of like for standing up for, for women and families um, to making sure that we, um, so that birth is a memorable experience for the right reasons. And so, um, so the documentary sort of like focused on um, the roles that uh, gynecologists, obstetricians, uh, um, midwives, and doulas like play in uh, the maternal mortality rate for black women. And so I'm like, I didn't even know what a doula was. Um, so I sort of looked, looked it up. I thought a doula was a midwife. So I'm like, am I going to be out here delivering babies? And like, that is absolutely not what I'm doing. Which I'm not afraid of, but like, I'm not delivering any babies, um, but I am providing, like, emotional support, physical comfort, um, and an objective, like, viewpoint and assistance um, to women in getting the information that she needs 
to make good decisions, decisions that she will feel proud of in the birthing process. And so I guess this was in September, so I saw the documentary in March. September, I took a leap of faith and just sort of signed up for a class to, to get trained in becoming a doula. Um, and it's a, sort of like a weekend, sort of like first doula workshop. On the Sunday that my class ended, my first client went into labor. So it was like immediate sort of on-the-job training. Like, you just, it never happened that fast, but it did for me. And so I saw my my first birth on the, the evening of my last, last year's class. Wow. Um, and I, um, yeah, I've been gone ever since. So September 16th, 2018 was my first birth. And um, yeah, been doing the work and stuff. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> you you said you, you you weren't signing up to deliver babies. <laughs> um, that was you know kind of like I said I didn't know a lot about doulas as well, and so I had to I had to wonder too. You know, is it the same as a midwife? You know, what are the responsibilities? Um, so then, mm-hmm. can you explain like what a little bit about what you actually do during the birth? Um, what 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 actually happens? I guess. So um, when I uh, meet a client who's interested in having a doula, I uh, we sit down and have um, sort of like an intake sort of meeting just to further explain what a doula does because I think some people even have um, misconceptions about what they're signing up for. They're like, oh, you're, you're going to deliver my baby. And it's like, no, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching <laughs> any of your private spots. None of that. I'm not doing any of that. So, um, and so I sort of like do, um, I do it gives like a, a quick feel and PowerPoint on like the role of a doula. Um, and then we sit down and work through a birth plan. And so um, this is an opportunity for um, a woman and her family to essentially write out everything that she would like uh, to experience um, during birth. And that's anything from... I would like to do this medicated, or I'd like to go unmedicated. Um, these are the people that I would like to be surrounded by. These are some of the snacks that I'd like to have. Um, these are the sort of medical interventions that I feel comfortable with. These are things that I'd like to avoid at all costs. And so we come up with this um, pretty extensive birth plan. Um, it's pretty thorough. And after that, we continue to sort of like follow up with each other as on. Um, um, people, people have access to me and be accepted, so they can call. And, just, and if any sort of questions come up during the pregnancy um, and if they need information, I can absolutely provide it. Also, refer people to medical providers, or you know, prenatal yoga, or even um, childbirth education courses. So I think that that's going to be important as well. And then, thirty from thirty-seven weeks out. I go on call for a person, so that just means that at 37 weeks, you could potentially go on labor at any point. Okay. And so, um, and so that means at 37 weeks out, I'm available to meet you either at your home or wherever you are feeling great as you can, as you begin to sort of go into labor. Um, and um, as you do it, I um, can remind you and your partner of any of the comfort measures that we've worked through, um, working what it looks like to work through um, 
contractions and um, the, the pains that are associated with labor and which are reminders that your labor is progressing. Um, I sort of serve as an advocate for sleep. I don't um, intervene with um, or interfere with what you and your medical provider have decided, but I will sort of like remind you of the different things that you um, said you wanted to do um, prior to going into labor. And so sometimes that looks like, um, for some, some people opt to have an epidural, and so I, I had a client who immediately would get to the hospital and she was um, one centimeter dilated. I'd like to get an epidural. And I said, well, before we do that, I am a we don't want to like I'm not going to um, decline you of anything that you asked for but I was like in your birth plan you said you wanted to wait till you were at least five centimeters did you like really consider that and so it's just like an opportunity to just remind you of what you said and if you're like girl no I'm, I can't take this anymore like give me that for girls like okay let's do this um, okay. let's do it um, and then like there have been times when um Doctors and other medical professionals have made sort of like suggestions for interventions that um, they are most comfortable with, but might not necessarily be. Um, there's other evidence-based solutions um, that we could go go with um, before sort of like resorting to um, some things that are just like more medicinal. And so I can sort of like speak up in that way and like, hey, why don't we consider? I want you to consider asking your doctor about this. Um, I never, I, I never put myself in a contentious position with like the doctors or nurses or medical staff because I want, it, I want your birth and your labor experience to be like memorable for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and I want us to all. Uh, it's a team effort, um, and I'm there to sort of support that team. And so, again, sort of helping with contractions, um, providing um, comfort and relief to you, providing comfort and relief to your partner. A lot of times people think that the nurses and doctors are going to sit in the room with them the entire laboring process, mm-hmm. and that is not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not the case. And so the doula is with you the entire time. Okay. And so sometimes it looks like giving your partner some relief, like, hey, maybe you should go outside and get some fresh air. Mm-hmm. You want to go get a snack from the vending machine. You want to go brush your teeth. <laughs> you want to go sit. You want to sit on the couch and close your eyes for a little bit, um, so that you can be well rested. Because labor is not a not a race; it's a marathon. Honestly, and you just—I mean, we all have a goal in mind, but we're not trying to get there super super fast either. We want to just just arrive um, at this place of, of glorious birth, um, but, it, but it may not be an immediate sort of um, thing. So, sort of keeping people reminded of that. So you deliver the baby stay with you um, after the delivery and sort of I can assist with some like breastfeeding and coasting um, and then I do a uh, follow-up visit with you when you go home and it's you know just sort of affecting like your your physical health and how you're recovering but also it's assessing like your mental health um, what is self-care looks like for you um, what sort of support you have um, you know do you need a postpartum doula? Can I also connect you with other services um, that may be helpful to you in this time? A meal service. Like a lot of people, like childbirth and children change their life in, in, in radical ways. And so <laughs> your schedules are going to be off in different ways. And so um, I can just offer 
you know, offer suggestions, but also um, support in ways that I feel like will help um, people to be more successful. And so I feel like that was a really long answer, um, but that's what I sort of like as a I do what I do what like over the last, I guess, well, I guess it's September, something like that, July 2018, but now. Okay, all right. That is um, quite admirable work there. Um, Thank you. You are quite welcome. Um, so you you said you had your your first you attended your first birth on September sixteenth. How many have you attended since then? So since September sixteenth, I have done a total of eleven births. Wow. Um, and this is with and I mean I'm yeah. So it's it's crazy to me because I'm like, how did I get to this phase. Right. Um, it's all been like word of mouth and they have all been black moms too. And so for me, um, to me that's really powerful because there's there's sometimes see this um this hesitancy to even like consider having to do it because like, oh I can't afford this, it's not cost effective. Um and it's like no, like you, this this is an option. This can absolutely be an option um, for you. There are ways um, for you to afford this, um, and even in some places, um, your insurance may not cover us for the services up front, but you can be reimbursed for them on the other side. I also believe in like bartering <laughs> services um, <laughs> because it's, so. I mean, maybe. Maybe you can't pay me my full rate, but you can help me with some, your husband or your partner to help me with the graphic design for, for something. We can, you know, we can figure out like what, um, how to best, um, how to best support each other. Um, right. I absolutely do not believe like anyone should be doing this work for free because it's it is a labor, it's, it's labor intensive. It's, it's you're absolutely not just sitting there just like twiddling your thumbs waiting. Um, for a baby to come with a very active role okay. um, that we play. But I, I do believe that any woman who wants a doula should should absolutely be able to have one. And that money should not be the reason why she um, can't have one. Wow, okay. That's, that is wonderful. Um, so, okay, you, you, you spoke about the fact that all of your mothers thus far have been black moms. Um, and you spoke about, um, I, I, that surprised me what you said about the, um, postpartum mortality rate being the highest among black women in Washington, DC. That's something you don't hear a lot about. Uh Um, so how, how important is that work to you? I know you said you consider yourself like, like a social justice, um, I guess champion for families um, and birth. So, what do you uh-huh. like? How, why, how, why is that work so important to you? And 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 do you think you've arrived at this point? You know, for that reason. Well, I think that um, I think that um, black women and, and, and black bodies, but I guess in the specific the maternal mortality, black women, our bodies have been taken like for granted. Our bodies been used for science. Our cells have been sold for this. Um, oftentimes, um, our experience and even our experiences with medical professionals have been, uh, not sometimes you don't hear people feeling excited about going to, a, to the doctor or the dentist. How often do you hear, you know, your family members saying, well, I can't wait for my dentist appointment. I can't wait to go in for my 
annual checkup. Like, that is not often the case. And it's because historically, and this has been documented, um, you know, our bodies have been taken advantage of, used for science. They haven't been listened to, um, but there are bodies of litter in our ourselves literally just sold and used um, to the advantage of others and not necessarily to our detriment and not to our benefit. And so, specific to um, to black women, I, I want to to be a voice. Um, I also wanted to I want to be a play, a safe place um, and for provide a safe uh, place for for women and families to feel supported um, during what can be a really vulnerable time. Um, and so. I think that there's room for um, a lot of work on the advocacy side and policies and, you know, what that looks like to, to bring up uh, stuff before our government and legislative policies and things like that. I think that there's room for that, and I'm certainly open to it. Um, but I feel like in this time, I needed to be um, in the field where I could you know, get firsthand sort of like experiences on just like some of the, the on the labor and delivery process. I so I, I don't have children. I've yet to experience you know actual labor and delivery. Um, and I've been present with friends and family prior to going into work as a doula full time. Um, but I I have not heard a lot of people share candidly about their birthing experiences and it really wasn't until over the last year, year and a half that like um, it's become a national news um, about the staggering rate for maternal mortality for black women. And so we have to do something about this issue. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that um, I've been sort of like welcoming to this space. And I really want to honor the space. I won't pretend like I know everything at all. Like, there's so much more that I have to learn. But I absolutely want to be um, a part of the solution. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I, and I, I, I just want to say I think you're doing amazing work already. Thank you. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Well, ma'am, we have reached the end of the uh, formalized portion of our interview. Um, I do want to okay. thank you again. Um, but we're about to You're go welcome. into our um, rapid-fire questions. Okay. And what I need from you, first and foremost, I need five numbers between 1 and 69. Uh, I'm going to say 7, uh, 34, um... Forty-seven. What's the last? You said sixty-nine. Mm-hmm. I need two more. Okay. Fifty-five and sixty-three. All right. Question seven: What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten for breakfast that is not a breakfast food? Oh wow. Um. um I don't know if that's weird. I'm just, I'm real basic and regular. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> to break this, I made some collard greens for breakfast once. I don't know if that's weird, but I just, like, had a craving for them, like, for breakfast. So I, like, got up and, like, 
went to the store and bought smoked turkey legs and like collard greens and definitely have them for nine o'clock in the morning. So okay, that may be weird, but yeah, that's what I'd say. I'm I'm sure to some it, it may be, and to others it may just be it, the, the it thing is. that you do. <laughs> so, yeah, correct. Okay. Correct. All right, number thirty-four. What commercial jingle gets stuck in your head all the time? So there's a commercial jingle for um uh there's a uh, <laughs> a grocery store called Food Fair in um. Secretly awesome at. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go with the crybaby. <laughs> what? What? Are you familiar with the crybaby? Are you familiar with this dance? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm gonna have to look okay. this one up. <laughs> so it's um. You know, it it was it was um it's it, so. Imagine um, a child who's like pouting, right. um, and so you're like sitting on the you're sitting on the floor, and you're so you're like basically popping your butt. Um, your your head is down, um, and so it's like maybe twerking, kneeling twerking, essentially. That's <laughs> hold on, hold on. I only, I'm gonna get at it because we were not we were absolutely not allowed to do it and growing up, and my dad <laughs> caught me and my sister doing it, and like it was it was. It was not good, but, you know, at 34 years old, I'm still very good at it. <laughs> okay, well, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in how you know you're still good at it at 34, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm listening. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, thanks. All right. Um, question 55. Who would you love to sing you to sleep? Okay. So... Um, my favorite singer is forever is Anita Baker, and I would love for her to sing "She's the Sweet." Absolutely, all of her songs. She's like a lullaby, fairy tale. That, mm-hmm. that yeah. would be wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Question sixty-three: Are you a competitive person? I'm absolutely competitive. Okay. I, I think I remember that about you. And. Give me one number between 1 and 26. Um, I'm going to go with 13. 13. Oh, what interesting skill do you want to learn? Um, yeah, I think I have a lot of skills. Um, I think that I would love to learn how to, like, knit, like, sit with some old people and make, you know, yeah, I agree. Yes. I just, yeah, I, I I did a little bit of it for a Shinoke, a surf community service center. So I sat with these old ladies and tried to get uh, like a potholder thing. And so I was like, man, this is so therapeutic. Um, so I would love to like get really skilled at that. Mm-hmm. Of course, you to like sit down and be still and just, 
you know, focus in on that. So that's what I like to do. All right. Well, thank you very much, Latoya Archibald. I really, really, really appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me, and you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward um, to the great work that you're doing. Thank you for providing this space for me to advocate for justice and for a doula. For doula. All right. Well, thank you. All right, friend. I will go. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank my friend Latoya for joining us this week um, for our interview. Um, hopefully, you got as much out of the conversation as I did. I, Like I said in the beginning, I, I knew what a doula was. I just didn't know everything um, the work entailed. And I, I definitely didn't understand the full um, impact of the work, especially within the black community. And so I am glad that that I was able to participate in this this uh, learning session. You know, I won't call it a conversation. I'll call it a learning session. So, again, thank you to Latoya Archibald. In terms of, you know, thinking about the about the learning session <laughs> and its application to my life. Uh, to be honest, um, I have just been all over the place lately. My mind has been in a million different places all at the same time for as long as I can remember now. Um, thinking about from the very moment, you know, that you know you're going to have a baby and you know that there are these situations out there that, that make it that add to the already difficult nature of what it is itself. You know, growing a person, persons <laughs> inside of another person seems very um, detail-oriented and complicated for those of us who don't study medicine. <laughs> um, I, I definitely know it's not as simple as it looks. <laughs> um, but thinking about what you want for your family, for your life, for your future, and knowing that you need to find those people who can support you and bring other skills and, and information and, and, and intentions to the process, you know, to to hopefully, you know, bring a healthy functioning functioning a healthy baby into this world. I don't know why functioning is always a word I'm trying to use. That's just kind of crazy. Um, and so I think about this as it applies because I've been doing a lot of work and, and thinking about my village. I think I spoke about it. I've spoken about it a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> and the people around me and, and ultimately how, you know, over time, villages change. That's That's the nature of life, right? Villages change. It's still interesting. Um, thinking about my village at age 45. Um, it feels as if <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like you think about, you know, your life and what you've done and where you've been and who you are. You know, and you have regrets, but some people might say they don't. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I do. 
I do. Um, things I should have done differently, things I should have said, things I maybe shouldn't have said. Um, but it's um, interesting because I think about the people in my life now and... <laughs> I often find myself just being full of pride, you know. I'm proud. Proud of my village. Proud of the people in my village. I'm proud of who I am because of my village. I have a long way to go, and, and that's just the truth. I, I wish it weren't the case. I wish I had it all figured out. But then again, life wouldn't be as much fun if I did have it all figured out. But maybe it would if I had it all figured out with the finances to go with it. But that's another story. <laughs> but I am proud of the people in my village. They're doing some, some great things on large and small scales. But you know what? They're just doing some great things. doesn't matter. I just hope that the people in my village are as proud of me as I am of them. You've met a few over the course of the last five weeks and you'll meet many more and there'll be new members of my village i met a new member last night <laughs> oh we just added to the phenomenalness that is my village um and so i'll be interviewing that brother uh, in a couple of months well soon but I just wanted to close this out by saying that um, life is rough, man. Life is rough. And we all keep, a lot of people seem to always be trying to figure out, hey, what's the answer? You know, How do you make it work? How do you, what do you, when does it ever, how do, you know? From one day to the next, you never know what you're going to get and how you're going to have to deal with it. But if you have folks around you, folks you can pick up the phone and call, folks you can text, folks you can WhatsApp. What is WhatsApp? What is WhatsApp? I'm going to look that up. Uh, yeah, I felt old when I said that. I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> you need your village, man. listening has a village or if you don't think you have a village I, I hope you have at least one because usually what happens is when you realize you got one you start to think and then you realize there's two and three and four and maybe a few more so I want to say thank you to my village uh, so let's go ahead and uh, close this week out February 2019 was a uh, Black History Month, the likes of which I have not seen before in my uh, 45 years on this great earth of ours. I was starting to feel like other folks calling for a Black History Month redo, but then I thought differently. I mean, if the view that we should be celebrating all year round holds true, then so too does the view that anything we saw on any day of this month wouldn't garner nearly as much outrage had it occurred on the same day one month before or after. 
in spite of this, I'm still left like, man, what's happening? I mean, uh, stuff is just kicking off all over the place, all the time. I mean, there's the Maryland delegate calling a city, uh, uh, you know, a district in PG County, a nigga district. What, what, what the fuck is a nigga district? What? <sighs> Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's wife decided to follow up his blackface hijinks with giving out cotton to black children on a visit. Cotton. To children. To black children. <laughs> Why not just ask them to, uh, you know, moonwalk for you? That would have really brought everything full circle. There are teachers in Tennessee, South Carolina, and a myriad of other places having children recreate slavery. Children recreate slavery. What in... What... Oh, what in the... <sighs> Lynn Patton told us the 45 don't see color. After a man who told folks they were sending Barack Obama back to Kenya or whatever told us... D- uh, just, just never mind. Just, 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 just never mind. <laughs> Maybe we should get a redo, but we don't. It happened. It's been happening. It's gonna keep happening. So we are yet again reminded that we are have much work to do. So let's get to it. Your homework for this and every week is. Hashtag do something. Yeah, that that other hashtag was, I I don't know, it was working my nerves. I don't know, it wasn't flowing for me. So again, hashtag do something. Think about what you heard today and what resonates with you. If you're like me, this week you're shocked, angered, and saddened by the data about pregnancy-related deaths in the black community. But you're also motivated to help do something about it. But what? It's my hope that, at the very least, with this podcast, someone's eyes were opened, even more hopefully, a few somebodies. In addition to that, I'm going to add to my efforts by putting my wallet where my mouth is. I'm going to donate to an organization that furthers the work of doulas. I should have thought about asking Latoya during the interview, but I didn't. But I did follow up, and she suggests Mama Toto Village. Mama Toto Village pledges that every dollar you give to support mothers and babies helps Mama Toto Village improve perinatal and social outcomes for families in the D.C. metro area. Your tax-deductible gift allows us to continue serving expectant and new families by offering individual and comprehensive care. Your donation helps provide food, clothing, toiletries, and emergency shelter for homeless pregnant women. Your contribution also provides scholarships for workforce development training for socially disadvantaged women. For further research, visit them at www.mamatotovillage.org. That's www.m-a-m-a-t-o-t-o-v-i-l-l-a-g-e.org. Now, what are you going to do? Or what have you done? Tell me about it. As a matter of fact, let me know your thoughts about the show as well. Again, as I said, I'm an educator. I have an open-door policy. Contact me with any questions, comments, or concerns via website at www.blatantfrankism.com. That's www.blatantfrankism.com. Or email 
at bfrankism at gmail.com. Again, that's the letter B, F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M at gmail.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram at bfrankism. That's right. The letter B, F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M. As for the Powerball, we didn't win this last week, but we'll keep playing. Today's Powerball numbers are 7, 34, 47, 55, 63, and the Powerball is 13. If you win, pay it forward or put it back into the community. I want to thank my Women's History Month sponsors, Wasted Rain and Crafty Nubian Sister. If you're on a uh, personal or cultural journey in search of waist beads, you know, trying to get sexy, sensual, and seductive as you uh, watch and feel those inches fall off, then you want to check out Wasted Rain on Etsy. That's Wasted Rain, one word, capital W-A-I-S-T-E-D, capital R-A-I-N-E, Wasted Rain on Etsy. And if you're in need of custom creations for your business or group, you know, t-shirts, mugs, journals, any other type of uh, specially designed paraphernalia, check out Crafty Nubian Sister on Facebook. That's C-R-A-F-T-E-E-N-U-B-I-A-N-S-I-S-T-A-H. Crafty Nubian Sister on Facebook. Again, I want to thank them both for their support. Today and always, don't forget to check on somebody. And if you need somebody to check on you, let them know. All right, that's it for this week. See you next Wednesday. Get at me.